Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, Monday, July 17th, 2023. What's going on? How are you? How's things in your neck of the woods there? Uh, podcast is a little late. I got, I got confused. I got so confused this weekend because usually if I do two, if I'm working two nights, it's either Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday. However, this weekend, it was Saturday, Sunday, which was really weird. So all day yesterday, I was feeling like it was Saturday. Then I woke up this morning, and I got on the plane. And I was like, wait a minute. It's fucking Monday. I owe the good people of the fucking podcast world a goddamn podcast. So my apologies for being late. You know, am I, am I reminding you of some fucking person you're sick of in your life? Oh, listen, man, I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, listen, you know, I, I left my wallet at my house. I'm so, oh, listen, you know what? Yeah. Do you ever accidentally do something for everybody else, you fucking cunt? Um, anyway, sorry, I'm getting away from that air conditioner. It was a little loud there. Um, I want to thank everybody who came out this weekend. All right, I had an incredible show. Saturday night and Sunday night. Uh, two of my favorite shows of the year. I mean, I was on stage. I didn't even feel, feel like I was doing my act. I was just talking. It was just flowing through me. And I really feel it was the, uh, the energy that the people were bringing. So um, thank you so much. And part of it might have been the coffee I had. Got to give a shout out. I was in Tacoma. And I was on the road with uh, Nate Craig and Bianca Cristobal. And they both fucking killed it. And we had, you know, just a great time hanging out. And I had, I think Nate Googled the coffee. And we ended up trying this place, Manifesto Coffee. Which was just out of this fucking world. I came back the next day to get some more. It was fucking delicious. I'll tell you this. When somebody makes an espresso, shout out to Luis, by the way. The owner was talking all about coffee. Was just, you know neck deep in coffee talk. The guy was just all about it, man. Um, what was I going to say? He, uh, the way they do it, any, anytime I go to a coffee shop, if they have like an espresso and they give you that little shot of fucking seltzer water after it to cleanse your palate, you know, the little I know about coffee, I'm like, okay, I, these people, these people are not fucking around, right? I feel like that's the equivalent when you fly first class and they come around with that hot washcloth. <laughs> Which you're supposed to just wipe your hands off. But Americans, we always wipe our face too. But th- then people made fun of us on the internet. I think we finally stopped doing that because I noticed everybody else stopped doing it. It's like, I thought that's what you're supposed to do. I thought this was, uh, you know, wake myself. I was always doing that. I was washing my goddamn face with it. Um, Anyway, um, had an amazing time in Tacoma. I got, uh, oh man, I got, I have, I have a couple of killer bits that are just topical. And now that this fucking business is shut down, everybody's on strike. Which, by the way, can you believe that fucking cunt? I don't know who said it. Some fucking douche said, we're not going to negotiate with writers until they lose, start losing their apartments and their houses. Just I, Did I say that on the last part? I still cannot fucking get over that you can publicly say something like that. 
you know, during these unbelievably sensitive times, you can't even call a fat fuck a fat fuck anymore. And this guy can say, I mean, that is like some shit right out of like a fucking superhero. Like Lex Luthor would say some shit like that. Eh, no one cares. That is the funny thing about being in this business is everybody around the country seems to fucking hate Hollywood. Think everyone out here is a bunch of cunts until you have a hurricane or a flood. And then you're like, we need help. And then we always show up with our tap dancing shoes and our little top hats and our cane. We do a little dance for you. And you, then you say, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And the second the water drains out of your basements, what do you guys do? Ah, fuck those fucking pedophile libtard pieces of shit. <laughs> It's really a toxic relationship. Um, anyway, I hope they're not going to do what you know they're going to do. I hope they just, you know, just pay the fucking writers. Just fucking pay them, you cunts. Um, anyway, I want an even bigger house so I could get some more horse. Um, then we went up to Edmonton. That was my, that was my, um, my inside information on what the strike is all about. Um, then we went up to Edmonton and it looked like the day after the end of the world, they have wildfires up there. Once again, you know, nobody doing shit about it. Nobody gives a fuck. People that can actually do something about it. Nobody gives a fuck. You know, they already have, they're already hooked up with a lifetime supply of fucking coffee beans and a little fucking bed under the mountain, wherever these people are going to go in the spaceship when it's all used up. That's my theory. They're going to be, and then then Netflix is going to be watching us eat each other <laughs> or bursting into flames. Um, sorry. I apologize. Um, but anyway, the show in Edmonton, I'm not going to lie to you. I showed up. It was 10,000 people outside in a park. The sun's still out, even though it was night because we're up, you know, way north of the equator. And... Um, it was still light out and there was, all, you know, this haze because of the wildfires. And I was just looking at this shit going like, did my agent book me? Fucking 31's in, 31 years of my career to do stand up in a fucking park. I used to do gigs like this eight months into my career. And I was like, this is going to be a hell gig. These people are going to be fucking wasted. They're not going to be listening. And I was 100% wrong. It's one of the best crowds I ever performed to. They were sitting there. They were listening. They were laughing. It was, it, it boggled my mind how great it was. I, like 10 times during the, t- the amount of time I was up there, I kept thinking, how is this so good? Everything is working against what is happening right now, yet it is all working. It was fantastic. And uh, I also, I hit the gym every single day. The green shirt diet. If you're having problems going to the gym, I have a solution. There's a documentary on Netflix, although I feel like a fucking asshole telling you to go to a streaming service with when none of these cunts want to pay anybody. Um, I was watching that Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, documentary. And, uh, oh my God. Episode two of that thing was one of the funniest fucking stories. Dude, this guy, he just didn't give a fuck. He went from a bodybuilder. He wants to be an actor. And somehow, 
He starts buying real estate because he heard it was a good investment. He was like, I became a millionaire before I even, I even, you know, tried to act. So then I didn't have to do the bullshit parts. You know, my agents, they wanted me to do smaller parts, be a character actor. Fuck the bullshit. I want to be the star. I want to be the lead, right? <laughs> that was his fucking attitude. And everyone was telling him he was too big and he had a fucking accent. So he somehow gets a meeting with this guy who's made like 500 fucking movies. He walks in there with his agent. And I guess the guy was a little fella and he had this giant desk. Schwarzenegger assesses that and then to start the meeting, he, he goes, why does a little man need such a big desk? <laughs> the fucking dude lost his mind. The little guy got all mad and he starts, yeah, fuck you, I'm not going to use you. I cannot use you. You know, he's Italian, right? Off the boat. He goes, I cannot use you. He goes, you have an accent. And Schwarzenegger goes, you have an accent too. <laughs> He fucking threw him out of his office. He goes, he was walking out of his office and his fucking agent was yelling at him, going, that meeting was a minute, 45 seconds. In the history of Hollywood, there's never been a faster meeting. I got to tell you something, man. The fucking, the brains and the balls on that guy. I mean, I've thought about, I thought, I have not stopped thinking about that. How he went in there and just, just like, the power that that guy had. It's all, it's all dependent on the person he's talking to giving a fuck. And the fact that Schwarzenegger did not give a fuck, the floor went out from underneath this little guy and he didn't know what to do. I'm sure he tried to fucking stop, stop him from... Long story short is the guy ended up producing Conan the Barbarian and Schwarzenegger was up for the role and he didn't want him to get the role and Schwarzenegger killed it. He still got it. So the little fella comes down to the set on one of the days and he watches Schwarzenegger and Schwarzenegger is killing it. And he said he walked all the way up the hill up to me and he just looked at me and he said, you are Conan the barbarian and he walked away and I was thinking yeah I know I am I have the role (laughs) dude that fucking ice cold logic all right the only time I ever heard it like that was when I was in Finland there's something you get into a part of fucking Europe I don't know what the background is for that mindset but it is it is Astounding when you run into it. Just fucking straight facts or whatever. But just like, I got such, it was so inspiring. Because I've seen a ton of people pretending like they don't give a fuck. But like, to believe in yourself to that level. I, I don't even know what. I, then I'm thinking, well, maybe he just went in there and he was so competitive that he was actually, like, legitimately asking. Why does a little guy need such a big desk? Like, he was trying to figure him out. Like, what are you doing, you know, with your little socks and shoes over there and your little pants? Like, why do you need this big fucking desk? (laughs) 
Did it like intrigue him? It's gonna torture me for the rest of my life. Was he was he straight up fucking with the guy, or was he? Did it not add up? You know, like a cop on the beat for fucking twenty five years. It just doesn't make sense. Doesn't add up. And he stop. You know, Columbo. He comes back. You know, it's just one more thing. Why? Why is there? Uh, as a little fellow, why you got such? Why? Why you got such a big desk? Um, and then when the guy got mad, he didn't even flinch. And fucking beat him in point-counterpoint. It was just, I'm telling you, you got to watch the thing. I remember everybody used to make fun of him, too, when he would drive around in the Hummers. None of us knew that he was in the army in Austria and was a tank driver. Used to drive around in a tank with a fucking cigar hanging out of his mouth. I mean, the guy is just like, I don't even know what... It's unreal. You, you become, like, you just, just watch the fucking thing. After the strike... After the strike, am I actually, I'm not allowed to promote any projects, <laughs> but I'm not in that one. But I will tell you, I watched that fucking thing and it's like, all right, I'm not going to get on a fucking elliptical tomorrow. I throw the weights around a little bit, you know, I finally given into my age. I just take low weight and I just do high reps. I work all the muscle groups. I have a picture in my mind that I'm willing my body. I just have his fucking voice in my head. I have to watch that episode again. Do you know when somebody just did, does something so cool, like you wished you did it? You know? And then you start fantasizing that you actually did it. That shit was so fucking cool. I wish I did it, but I can't, I can't even trick my own mind in thinking that I would ever do something that as cool as that. The guy's a f- Immigrant. Brutal accent, can barely speak the fucking language and goes in there and just fucking pants, deep pants is this fucking guy. <laughs> I would have given anything in the world after he said that to see that little guy's face and his fucking agent. His agent trying to, because this agent wasn't just worried about his client there. He was like, this motherfucker's not going to meet any of my clients after this one. Uh, and I, that, I'm not going to lie to you. That reminds me of a buddy of mine, a comedian. Pitched a show at fucking CBS a long fucking time ago. And CBS was a notoriously cold room. And he went in there and it was funny. They were being assholes and he was an asshole. And he couldn't handle basically meeting himself. And he fucking imploded. And just verbally abused all of them and fucking walked out to the point I was managed by the same guy and we had to beg them to let me come in there so I could go in there. And I fucking, I didn't curse them out or anything. I just sat, I put on my top hat and cane and did my little dance and they just fucking stared at me. Uh, It was one of those pitch meetings. You just, you had to like, you didn't even have to walk it off. It was just so bad. You went out to the parking lot and just laughed. Like, (laughs) I was like, all right, (laughs) <laughs> it didn't even hurt because there was you could feel there was no hope even just walking in there. So and that happened to me a lot. So just seeing Schwarzenegger go walking in on one of his first ones and to fucking ask that question. Oh my god, it's just like poetry. Absolute poetry. Um anyway, um, 
I was really fucking excited about uh, how those sets went this weekend, and I kind of have more material than I know what to do with, which is not a feeling I've had in a while. So, um, I mean, I even have a hand job joke that I didn't even fucking do. Oh, speaking of which, look at the, hang on a second. That's funny. I put you guys on hold. That was my agent calling me, who I was like cursing out to myself when I was standing outside about ready to do that fucking show in the park. And what am I, fucking Paul Simon? The fuck is he booking me this shit out here? Is <laughs> Garfunkel going on in front of me? What the fuck are we doing? Am I sharing the bill with Peter, Paul, and Mary there? And then I went up and it was awesome. So I'm going to tell him uh, when he calls me back because he did the classic. I pick up the phone. Hello? And he goes, ah, shit, can I call you right back? All right. Um... Anyway, so if you get a chance, if you get a chance, um, and then I have to be, I'm not going to lie to you, man. The stuff about his brother, Arnold's brother, is absolutely fucking heartbreaking. And it's the kind of story that, like, uh, I mean, I just, like, people not understanding, like, sensitive kids, um is just fucking one of the most heartbreaking things you could ever fucking witness or hear about. And uh, I don't know what it is about sensitive kids. I think they're, they're viewed as weak. And, and back in the day, I think like parents had like this, like they took on, took it on and felt like, you know, I don't have weak kids. I have strong sperm. I just make fucking warriors. And... They don't realize that there's all these different ways of being strong. Oh, God. There's a couple of stories that Arnold tells, man. Oh, my God. They're fucking heartbreaking. But it's an incredible... Oh, God. I would, I, I would kill to listen to any of those tapes. Hey, Arnold, we're going to... We'll get you some small roles and, uh, you know, uh, do some character actor stuff. That's how we're going to... And he's like, fucking bullshit. I'm doing those stupid fucking parts. I want to be the star. <laughs> <laughs> and then listening to this guy going like, how the fuck am I going to make you a star when you talk like that? I'm not going to say shit to you. Your fucking bicep is bigger than my head. I mean, that must have been the, like, somebody says it in the documentary. Says he has the most incredible career of anybody ever. I mean, I, as far as, like, where he came from, what he sounded like, and what he ended up doing, it's just fucking, it blows. I know, I'm going on and on about it. We get it, Bill. We get it. We understand it. We're going to check it out. Um, all right. Well, guess what? I just finished four motherfucking weekends in a row. Four weekends in a row. Old Billy has the rest of the month off. Tell me what you're going to do, Billy boy, Billy boy. Tell me what you're going to do, charming Billy. I'm going to swim with my kids, play some drums, and fly a helicopter because I don't give a fuck because I wrapped up when I was in Edmonton. Standing out in the park talking about my dick. Um, I want to get a... I'm going to do like three long flights this week. That's what I want to do. And I'm going to take a little drum lesson, have a cup of coffee, and then I'm hanging out with my kids. And that's my thing. If you guys are parents, I'm telling you right now, this is what you do during summer vacation. 
All right? You just, every single day, you're like, I am doing something with my kids. All right? And you do it in the morning. So you, de- you, you did it. It's not hanging over your head. You don't feel guilty if you fucking go out and sit in a cafe and try and practice French for the umpteenth millionth time. Um, and you think, oh, I got to get home because I got to fucking do it. You, you did it. It's like going to the gym. Go to the gym. Fucking get rid of your goddamn blubber. Oh, my God. I finally stepped on the scale. Oh, Jesus Christ. After two weeks of going to the gym, I was still a buck 86. All right. I need to be like 168, 172. And I've only been like 190 a couple times in my life. 190, 191. It was all during like COVID. So I don't even want to know what my fucking weight was. If I lost a couple, two, three pounds each, I think I was kind of at my heaviest. So I was hoping it was going to be low 180s. So, uh, but I did it. You know, I, I was avoiding the scale, you know? But I was such a fat fuck that even like losing a little bit of weight, I was looking in, in the mirror and I was like, all right, you know, I'm looking all right. Let's look about, it might be 179.8. Step on the scale. I don't want to step on the scale. Just step on the scale. Just get the information. And I went over and I stepped on the fucking scale. That's another problem that I had. A long time ago, if you go back in my podcast, I said, you got to weigh yourself every fucking day so it doesn't get out of control. And I knew it was getting out of control. And I, and, I, and I broke my own rule. And instead of just putting on five pounds, I put on like fucking north of 20. Like the stupid, bald, freckled cunt that I am. So now, I don't know, I'm just, uh, I'm just going every day. I actually had a meal. I had a berry salad and Brussels sprouts. And I was eating it, and I actually felt great afterward. I kind of go back and forth with that vegetarian shit. But I've also been eating meat, so I wasn't like... I tried this a long time ago. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have one vegetarian meal a day. Why don't I do that? You know why? Because it's hard. That's why. It's because it requires me to make an effort. I mean, go out and go, I go get some chicken or, or, or beef or something. I know where to go for that. I don't want to start all over again. It's like learning a language. I already know how to speak one. I don't want to try to learn another one like I'm fucking two years old. Um, but I will say, when you do live like that, eat a little bit less or whatever. I have gotten myself, though. I don't fuck with potato chips. I don't eat cookies. I just say it out loud. I just go, I don't, I don't eat that stuff. I don't eat that stuff. What'd you say? I, I, I don't eat that stuff. You got a fucking problem? Um, yeah, I don't eat desserts. I don't eat fucking potato. I'm not even going to have fucking cake on my birthday. You know? So I'm not five years old. Like, why am, why am I having a fucking piece of cake? I'll tell you why. Because it's fucking delicious. That's a line in the sand. You know? With fatties. Cake or pie. I mean, morbidly obese people just say yes. You know what I mean? They're like the porn stars. Of, of food eaters. Like they have a threesome. You know, where everybody else is like, well, you know, I'm sort of, you know, what do they call it? Monogamous? I have cake or pie. And they're like, no, I, I want both. Would you like a candy bar or some ice cream? Yes. Cut it up, stick it in there, freeze it up, and I'll fucking inhale it. It's amazing, man. It's like, 
Their food stories, it's like listening to Keith Richards tell stories about being on tour in the fucking 70s. Except rather than like smack and coke, it's, 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 it's fucking food. You know? I'm not really trashing fat people right now as much as I'm missing what I was eating that got me this fat. <laughs> oh, Billy! You know what I mean? You're a bald ginger. You're going to add fat to that? You're going to be a fat, bald, red-headed male. You, you, you think that the world is going to come to you after that? You, you, are, you are sadly mistaken. Or is it sorely? Sadly or sorely mistaken? I don't, I, don't, I don't know exactly what the terminology is. But um, not for me. Anyway, so we are in the dog days of July. Dog days of baseball, right? Um, I'm going to watch some baseball when I'm home. All of a sudden, I'm starting to see people, you know, they're starting to hint that football's right around the corner. What? Bah, bah, bah. Can you believe it? Do you believe it? I'm fucking excited. The Bruins re-signed Milan Lucic, right? I haven't heard anything about Bergeron. I got a feeling he's done. He's going to retire. What a fucking career. You know, his name's on the cup. One of the great centers of all time and human beings. So I figure it becomes uh, Craigie will probably retire too. And then I think it becomes Brad Marchand's team, you know? Maybe he wears the C. I don't know how it works. But I'm looking forward to it. And I'm not worried about last, you know, last year. I wouldn't even call it a collapse because I don't believe in the regular season. You know, like it's just, you know, if you fucking crush the regular season, you know, if you're beating the shit out of a lot of these teams that aren't even going to be there, really doesn't mean anything, does it? Um, I remember the last time we had this level of a heartbreaking loss was when we got swept by the Flyers. After we had won three games and we didn't get swept, <laughs> we lost four straight after winning three straight. We were like, oh my God, what the fuck? And uh, the very next year we won the cup. So I'm hoping that that's going to happen. I'm hoping that that's going to happen. All right, let's do some dad talk. I have to tell you, uh, we've been all, me and my two kiddos have just every single day have been in the pool Except these last two because I was on the road. But every single... I already came home. And I was like... I said to my daughter, I was like, I got to do my podcast. And she was just like, oh. I was like, all right. Let's go to the pool first. Do the pool first. Right? Work before play. Or play before work. Whatever it is. Responsibility. Right? So... It is the most... Fun thing I've ever, I've, I think I've done with my kids so far. As much as riding bikes with them is fun, there's something about being in a pool. Everybody's smiling and laughing. And I just love looking at my son. Like, he's such a good swimmer already because he's, he's looking at his older sister. Like, he comes up from under the water and he immediately smiles to look to see where she is or what she's doing. And then he wants to do it. And uh, I got great hugs from them when I came home. It's funny, my son is, is so like, like testosterone, you know? Climbing up on stuff and having little temper tantrums and throwing his toys and stuff. But when I come home, he's such a little sweetheart. He goes, Dada. 
da da. And he's like hugging me, kisses the, my like my nose. <laughs> and he's like that for like 90 seconds. And then I set him down and then that's it. <laughs> Takes off and goes and destroys the house. But, you know, he's young. He'll grow out of it. Um, all right, let's do the uh, let's do the reads here. Um, all right. Oh, simply safe, everybody. You know, when an intruder threatens your home, every second counts. It's why I am so excited to tell you about the latest innovation from Simply Safe Home Security. It's called 24/7 Live Guard Protection, and it's made possible only by Simply Safe's new smart alarm wireless indoor camera. Well, let's make sure. I hope this isn't the same system that was watching that guy from fucking Epstein Island. Um, now. <laughs> oh, it magically shut up. Um, now with the fast protect monitoring plan, if an intruder breaks into your home, simply safe monitoring agents can actually see, speak to, and deter them through the camera warning them that they're being recorded and that the police are on their way. It's a game changer in home security. That is unfucking believable That is unbelievable. That you... <laughs> they're going to be in the home base. Hey, you with the ex. Stay away from that bedroom. 24-7 live guard protection and the new smart alarm indoor camera works seamlessly as part of the entire Simply Safe security system. To keep your whole fit, your whole, your whole home safe. Sorry, from break-ins, fires, flooding, and more. With Simply Safe, professional monitoring costs under a dollar a day. A bargain for the peace of mind it provides. Right now, my listeners get a special twenty percent off any Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. This huge offer is for a limited time. Visit simplysafe.com slash burr. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash burr. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Who do we got next? Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's old Zip. You know, if you're hiring, you're currently dealing with economic uncertainty. And now more than ever, it's important to hire the right people faster and more efficiently to keep overall costs down. Thankfully, there's a hiring partner who is focused on you and your needs, Zip Recruiter. From pricing to technology, everything that Zip Recruiter does is for you and what works best for you. And right now, you can try them for free at ziprecruiter.com slash burr. Here's how Zip Recruiter priority need, prioritizes your needs. Find great candidates fast at Zip. Smart technology identifies the best matches for your job. Beat out the competition for talent. Zip um, lets you invite candidates you really want to apply to your job before other businesses can snag them. Hire the best with the help of a partner that's all about you. Zip. Four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try Zip. Uh. Dot com slash burr. That again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash burr. Spell it out. Z-I-P-R-E-C-U-R. 
uh, sorry, Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Come to Japan is the first email of the week. Do you know, I was just talking to some friends of mine about this. Do you know, way back in the day, it's one of the most brutal things I ever saw. 60 Minutes was doing something on the work culture in Japan. Now, this was like in the 1970s or 80s. And this fucking guy, this guy, Japanese dude in Japan working for a Japanese company run by Japanese people, right? He messed up at work somehow. And his whole family was like disappointed, lost face, whatever they call call it. So he had to get back in the graces, the good graces of the CEO of the company. And I swear to God, he walks into the room after they, they like tried to reprogram him, whatever. And he fucking had to sing like the company song or something. And he's singing the song to these four people that are sitting at this desk completely expressionless. And he's like fucking crying, <laughs> singing the company fucking song. And I had not thought, I just remember thinking like, oh my God, why? Like, the guy still wants to work he worked there. Like, how much you got to humiliate this dude, right? So, I don't know why. Last night that somehow popped into my head. I don't even know why it popped in my head. And I was telling the story, remembering it. Now, just, how crazy then? Then somebody from Japan writes in, come to Japan. Okay, first of all, I would fucking love to go to Japan. I would love to go over there. It looks unbelievable. Dear Bill, would you ever consider coming to Japan? I have for like 10 years. I've been trying to figure out a time in my schedule that would work. I have kids now, so it's difficult. But I would 100% go there. One of the great experiences in my life was going on a tour that, led, that went through Asia. And seeing... I don't know, the food, the people, the pop culture, the fashion, all of that was incredible. Literally the other side of the planet. I would love to. This person says, I think you'd appreciate our way of life. There's a great respect for cleanliness and efficiency. Oh, you speak in my language. Our food is great and the city has a lot to offer. Bring your family. Thanks from Kyoto. First of all, I can't believe that you're all the way over in Japan and you, you listen to this podcast. So thank you for listening to it. And uh, who doesn't want to go to a country that has a great respect for cleanliness and efficiency? I mean, half the shit I lose my mind about has to do with that. When I'm walking around the house, you know. Someone says they're going to do the dishes and then, you, you know, you go to take one of the dishes off the dish rack and there's still a film on it because they did a half-ass job. I, I didn't want to talk about it. Picking up your side of the fucking room, you know. Um, I would love to go over there. I know my wife would love to go. Maybe there's a way during a break um, when my daughter has a break from school and my son has a break, we could figure out a way to go over there. Um, yeah, that would be, that's kind of a bucket list one. 
You know, I want to go to Japan. I want to go to South America, Brazil or Colombia or something. Go down there. I want to see a motorcycle race down there. Um, still never been to Africa. I don't know. There's, there's, there's a lot of places I would love to see. Uh, all right. Therapy talk. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Therapy talk. By the way, my agent never called me back. <laughs> Can I call you right back? Um, therapy talk. Hey, Bill, have you heard this new trend emerging where people talk to strangers, friends, and families as if they're in a therapy session? Oh, God, are you talking about me? I think therapy is great for some, but for most, it's just a way to fill their narcissistic needs. Yeah, sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's because of childhood trauma. They don't have boundaries, and they just fucking open up to anybody. Um... Yeah, I saw somebody do that the other day in a shoe store. Fucking person was asking their shoe size. Next thing you know, the person was talking about how they grew up without a father. (laughs) Guys, just like, hey man, it sounds awful. Anyway, uh, what color are you looking for? Um, Can we talk about me for an hour? This is what this person says for the narcissistic people. Sure, if you have something real to work out. But all these people going and talking about how to deal with stuff at work or their stupid friends drama are just wasting time. Talking about the same shit week, every week just to stretch the problem out and beat a dead horse. Now they're bringing it to the streets and wasting my day and the dumb couch talk. I work with a woman who interjects this stuff into conversation about the shipping and receiving department. Dig a hole and crawl in in it, you pussies. All right. As much as you're making uh, good points here, you kind of seem like you got some issues too. I actually relate to you because that's what I used to think when I would listen to people open up emotionally. And you're 100% right. I don't want to hear about, you know, you got fucking touched funny by the birthday clown in the fucking 70s when, you know, we're sitting there digging a ditch. Like, I don't, I don't need to hear that. I'm, you know... I think ugh, she's a woman and she's at work. Can you say anything to that? In the, in, oh, look who decided to call back. Hang on a second. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. Yeah, so anyway, as I was saying, you know, you got to be careful with women in the workplace. They kind of, they're holding four aces. So, um, Jesus Christ, what the fuck do you do with somebody like that? Why don't you just say, yeah, I know, you already told me that. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know, he diddled you and it upset you. It makes sense that you would be upset, but like, you know, we're trying to ship out these fucking packages here before uh, next Valentine's Day. What do you say there, toots? You want to give me a hand here? You want to grab a tape gun and help fucking wrap these things up here? What are we doing? Ugh. You know what, dude? I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what the fuck to do with that. But I, I, it, I, I feel your, your pain with that. I, undersp- I, I actually feel both people's pain here. I understand why that woman is doing that because she had never got the love or whatever she needed. And now she's just like this open faucet of anybody that listens to her. They just puke out their fucking childhood. Um. You know what I say to people like that? I go, you should do some mushrooms. You should do some mushrooms. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, look it up. 
Look it up. So, like, what? what is that? Yeah, listen, listen. It's, it's your own thing, man. <laughs> it's literally like learning how to do stand-up comedy. I could tell you a million fucking things. None of it's going to help you. You just need to get on a stage and do it. You could talk to me. Uh, I could talk to you. Do you blue in the face about mushrooms? Just go do it. Go do it. All right? And uh, just to be, you know, safe here, uh, a shaman is not a white guy in yoga pants. (laughs) That's all the advice I have for you. Um, God, now you got me thinking about that stuff. How the fuck do you get out of that when someone is just like opening up? I don't know how to exist in the job world anymore because I left it in like 95 so when in 1995, you'd be like, oh, my God, will you shut up about your fucking childhood? And then she would cry. And then people are like, come on, man. And then you go over and you would apologize. And, then, you know, that was it. You take her friendly, you get her a fribble, and that was it. You didn't lose your fucking career over it. So I don't know. Um, yes, I did say friendlies and a fribble. You take her to Rocky Point. Um, broke up with the girl because of Red Rocks. Oh, no. Billy Bruschetta. Your woman supporting women bit on Red Rocks was stellar. Well, thank you. That was, uh, that was, that was a fun joke to tell. I'm one, of the four ki- I'm one of four kids and the only boy. My sisters are awesome at sports and have competed through high school and college. I respect them as athletes. However, I agree with you when it comes to the points you made. Hey, 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 let's not hear this fucking thing wrong here, all right? I was not shitting on female athletes. I was shitting on all the women who don't show up and support them, all right? And, and like, when female athletes complain about their pay, they're yelling at men. Like, I don't understand why they're like, ladies, where where are all the feminists? Come on out to the fucking game. Come out and watch us play the way the men come out and watch the men play, Right? Which I'll be honest, man, if there's a fucking WNBA game on, I watch it. I fucking enjoy it. I enjoy women's softball, volleyball on a bunch of different levels. <laughs> I will watch that shit. Unlike most women, I watch the shit. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I like to think I'm an ally. Uh, except for volleyball. I'm kind of a perv. Uh, I was dating a girl up until this week. We had been together since March and really got off to a great start. Recently, we started engaging in more debate and conversation. Uh, A month ago, we watched Red Rocks and both laughed. When it came to the WNBA bit, she liked it, but said it was based on a male's perspective. Well, yeah, I mean, she's right. I'm a male. I like to think I am. Jesus. I asked what you got wrong, and she said his attitude. I said his attitude isn't a fact. You may not like the way he said it, but what he said isn't wrong. We disagreed, but it wasn't a big deal because I'm tolerant of people's stupid opinions. (laughs) Was that a joke on purpose or accidental brilliant comedy? Wasn't a big deal because I'm tolerant of people's stupid. Oh, he says joke, but also I'm chill with this stuff. All right. You know something? 
just that sentence alone, I can tell, as they used to say back in the day in Boston, you're a hot shit. So uh, I'm, I'm starting to lean to your side in this argument. Cut to two weeks ago, I asked her if she wanted to go to my sister's playoff game. She's been to a couple of games with me in the past, and she liked them. Twist, I have a male cousin in the state finals for a different sport that, she fu- that she's friends with. Uh, that game was going to be huge and everyone in town was going. She said she wanted to go to the boys' game because it was going to be a huge event. This was my opening. I didn't want to argue. I just hated the way she just dismissed your bit and was fronting about being a feminist, and now she was proving your point. Please tell me you, you waited to bring this up until after she went to the male person's game. Anyways, he says... She wasn't having it. I asked her why not support the girls' team because their stands would be more empty and made all the obvious parallels. She couldn't comprehend the hypocrisy. We broke up when she said she, she wouldn't admit that you were right. Wow. I might be getting laid a little less this summer, but at least I'm a man of principle, right? Right, he says. Thanks and go fuck yourself. Um... I'm going to tell you something, sir. You're going to do just fine in life in the most important area, finding love. All right? A lot of guys, once they get a hold of someone, you know, they get afraid to leave and blah, blah, blah. The fact that you were fine with letting her go on something like that, you know, there was a lot in that. There's a lot in that. She didn't seem like she was playful. She didn't seem like she could take responsibility. I mean, granted, this is just your your side of it, but the way you described it, is, you know, relationships are fucking hard. So you have to be, like, malleable. You know what I mean? You can't just be like, you know, when you met me in 2006, that's what I thought. And it, I don't fucking think, so fuck you. You, you can't do that. You got to, you know, there's got to be give and take and that type of stuff. And it kind of seems like that's what you were looking for. And you didn't get it. And you walked. That's great. All right. I really believe you got you got to marry somebody that has a great sense of humor and can laugh at themselves and can apologize if they did something wrong. All right. And then conversely, you have to give them those gifts, too. And if the two of you guys can do that, you got a shot. But if you're going to be fucking. You know. She could have just fucking cued her way through. All right. You're right. What well, that's going to be more exciting. I want to do that. And then you would laugh. And you guys would have had a great fucking time. But instead, she died on the hill. Um, oh, God help the poor bastard that ends up with that. <laughs> and granted, this is another male perspective. All right. World War Three. Oh, Jesus. We're going fucking deep here. We're going deep into the goddamn weeds on this one. All right, let's see here. Dear General Burr, let's get right into it, please. How do you feel about a world war or the ridiculous people forcing us to consider if they're going to fuck us into a world war? Um, I have to be honest with you. I don't fucking pay attention to any of this shit. Okay, I just, I just... I don't pay attention to it because it was bad enough when it was happening when I was a kid. But at least I was listening to intelligent people on TV. 
And I know they were still part of a corporate news thing, and I know that they were talking heads and that type of stuff, but I didn't have to listen to every mouth-breathing fucking moron um, who just can't see the trees through the forest, doesn't know history, but they have a mouth and they can speak English, and I, I, I just can't, I can't fucking do it. So anyways, okay, President Pudding Brains. I mean, which one are you talking about? Ours or theirs? Or whoever is running the country are pushing for war, not peace. Leaked messages show U.S. military talking about how the war is unwinnable for Ukraine, but we keep sending money. 150,000 Ukrainian men and women have been killed in battles. They have no chance in winning. There were peace agreements almost in place, but NATO's slash Biden's administration sent the UK's Boris Johnson to speak to Zelensky and force him out of them. All right, so now, and then he has a link here. So now I'm supposed to read this, and here's the source. All right, let me click on the source here. This is so above my pay grade. Another NATO ally confirms U.S. blocked peace in the Ukraine. What website is this? Like, how do you tell what you're reading is fucking real or it's written by somebody from Russia? I don't know. They said Putin couldn't be negotiated with even though he has, and they were doing so, and they also said the West wasn't done with its involvement. Can't wash money without a war. I like to point out some of the bullshit. U.S. taxpayers are going to be funding the rebuild of the Ukraine. It'll be financed by J.P. Morgan and BlackRock. The loans will be paid by us. Here's another source. All right. I like this person just not saying this actually has sources. No one cares about fixing America. Tucker Carlson asked presidential candidate Mike Pence why he cares more about getting tanks and munitions to the Ukraine than helping everyday Americans pointing out the major problems in American cities. He said, it's not my concern, and went on to talk about geopolitical bullshit. Remember during the Iraq war, Phil Donahue was fired for questioning WMDs, and they fired him despite having the highest rated show on CNN. Well, they did that to Tucker Carlson a few months ago for questioning this war. Again, despite all the money he was making, Fox News as the highest rated show in late night, it was more important to keep everyone stupid. Yeah. And guess what, Bill? I can find a problem with this without having Tucker's, without having been Tucker's number one fan. Well, I'm not a fan of that guy, but that's a great fucking question. I'm glad he had the balls to ask it. I'm not, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a fan of anyone on CNN or Fox News. I just think they're all... Like just, they're just, they're just all terrible people. (laughs) And they are just leading us down this fucking hellhole. And as long as they get a nice fucking house out of it, they evidently don't give a shit. Uh, Anyway, cue all the dopes who want to shout Putin apologist at their phones. I love name-calling. Putin apologist, Trumpster, fucking libtard, centrist. What kind of an adult gives a shit about name-calling? 
Putin apologists at their phone. They're idiots who don't understand history or have any worldview outside of cable news. They're the same ones who called people terrorist sympathizers back when you questioned going after a country that had nothing to do with 9-11. Yeah, look where that, that bankrupted our country. And for some reason, they're blaming Joe Biden. Like, no one remembers. Like, dude, we went over there. We've been over there. It costs like a billion dollars a day. We're out of money. We've been bankrupt. Uh, I feel sorry for your freckled ass always being discredited for saying both sides and being a centrist to sell tickets because you're right. Thanks for being a sane voice. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. I like what you said because you complimented me. Yeah, that whole thing where you have to, uh, they they don't feel like listening to people is also a side. You know what I mean? You got to be this, you got to be that. It's like, no, I don't. And I don't have to think any fucking thing that you think. And, and like, I will 100% disagree with somebody. I'll listen to you. You know? I mean, I call people names. I do say mouth breathing more. But I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I do it like on the podcast, right? This is me justifying me being a mouth breathing moron. Um, anyway, all right. This is, this is the podcast, everybody. I mean, like it or not, this is what I do. Um... All right, so uh, let's wrap it up here. What have we learned? I had a great time in Tacoma in Edmonton. I still cannot fucking believe how great that coffee was, how great Tacoma was, and how great that outdoor gig was in Edmonton. It was absolutely perfect. And uh, the highlight of the weekend was hanging out last night with Nate Craig and Bianca Cristoval. And me and Nate got her to sing the Czech uh, national anthem. It was fucking amazing because we were in Canada and me and Nate were trying to remember the fucking Canadian national anthem and she's from uh, Czech Republic. And uh, yeah, it was just one of those fucking silly nights, man. It was fucking awesome. I, I could not have had a better time. All right, so thank you to everybody that showed up to my shows. Thank you to everybody that continues to show up to my shows. Thank God you do that because my entire business that I am is, 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 I'm in is shut down right now. So uh, you guys are saving my ass here. Thank you so much. And go fuck yourselves. Can I really end that way? (laughs) That's how I sign off. Oh, Jesus, Bill. I'll talk to you on Wednesday. How Thursday? Sorry. How about that?